This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Aaron Hayjart, COO and Senior Vice President of Strategy and Innovation of Bergen New Bridge Medical Center in New Jersey. Aaron, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Well, thanks for letting me come on. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about, so let's dive right in. What are the top issues that are consuming most of your time today? I never thought it would be staffing, but it's definitely staffing. It's definitely something that I think all of us are dealing with, you know, trying to identify and focus on retaining good talent, but also developing good talent. And it's something that since COVID has really, you know, went from kind of an afterthought to something very critical. And then it being a, a you know, standalone hospital, I think, you know, the smaller hospitals or, or single hospital systems, you know, really have to focus on competing with these large kind of monolithic, monolithic systems. And we're really thinking differently and having to focus on things like caring in the community and going out into the community where that really probably wasn't something that we had to do a long time ago, but today it's kind of where we need to be to be competitive, but also have to focus on building better programs and not just kind of building big buildings. And it's definitely a challenge for a standalone facility to compete, but it's really, you know, something that I think we're all having to focus on. Got it. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's really interesting to think about. I, I know kind of the first thing you talked about is staffing and then looking at building better programs and care and all of that, I'm sure, dovetails to some degree together. But when you're looking at especially the staffing part of it, um, is there anything that you've done differently or are planning to do over the next few years that, you know, has been really attractive to team members to um, either attract them or retain them? focusing a lot on mentoring and, and creating very specific mentoring, very formal programs to to reinvest in our staff so that they're going to stay stick with us and, and go from frontline to, you know, young management to senior management positions. And so it's something that we have developed, uh, you know, programs that focus on promotion, but also about individual and personal development. I think that is something when you look at, you know, a couple of years ago, yeah, we had mentoring programs and, and so forth, but no one was really focusing on the fact of really developing an individual, even if, if their career goal was to stay kind of a frontline nurse or whatever. We really didn't think about mentoring in that way. And, and so we have rethought, you know, how we approach the mentorship um, program in general, but also really, really focusing on our employees' mental health and mental well-being. Uh, who would have thought, you know, pre-pandemic that, you know, we would be pushing, you know, behavioral health services onto our own employees to, you know, help them deal with what they've gone through. But it definitely has been a surprising change in the healthcare landscape and something that was clearly um, well past due. That's really great to hear. Now, obviously, a lot has been colored over the past few years by COVID-19. What do you think the lasting legacy of the pandemic will be on healthcare? Uh, For sure, telemedicine. It definitely is. It's here to stay. Uh, it, we kind of went from having this thing that people did really as an option, uh, but now it's a preference. Uh, you know, we we got into telemedicine a couple of years, uh, about a year or so before uh, before COVID, and we really thought of it as just kind of another piece to the puzzle. And and really, for the last couple of years, it's really been the center piece to that puzzle. Uh, and for many of us, you know, kind of our entire stack of cards would have fallen if we didn't have a, a robust telemedicine program to offer our patients. So that clearly is not going away. And, and, and you know, we really need to make it more robust and find ways to make it better and, and more enjoyable for the patient and, and to improve the user and provider experience. Uh, but really just just becoming more focused and having a program that actually meets the needs and, and does well and serves the patients well. 
uh, we really have shifted just from this being like an afterthought of what we do to being kind of the forefront of everything that we're doing. And then the other thing you know, we talked about in employee retention and so forth, I never thought in my life I would be the one standing, you know, out there saying, you know, let's focus on, you know, ways we can implement remote work for our employees, you know, looking at flexible work schedules. Uh, I, it just wasn't something that we spent a lot of time thinking about and, and, and coming up with ways we could deploy that type of scheduling in healthcare. But that's absolutely what we're doing today. And uh, I think you have to be able to rethink uh, the work schedule and priorities uh, for particularly the younger generation, but even the older generation. I mean, people my age, you know, would, would like to work from home. Uh, I can't get my neighbors to leave their house. You know, that's they love to be, you know, at home and have that convenience and not having to, you know, commute for an hour. So, you know, we have to find a way to make it um, a long lasting impact to healthcare, but also make it, uh, you know, even more flexible for our uh, employees. Got it. That really makes a lot of sense. And for those who are able to work remotely, how do you continue to build the culture and the values um, from Bergen New Bridge Medical Center in the way that it had been in the past? Or how is that evolving? Yeah, definitely having at least some type of, you know, on-site type of of team meetings, uh, periodically doing kind of flexible schedules where maybe they're, you know, at home one week or, uh, or in the office the following week, uh, but also just doing things on video and having, you know, now that you have Zoom and, and all these others, uh, you, you can see people and it's better than, you can build more relationships with your coworkers. And at least if you see them, you can see their emotion and connect a little better. So I think, you know, just taking, using, taking use of the technology we have, uh, is really important, uh, but also realizing that it's just going to be different. You know, you're not going to have the same interpersonal relationship with your coworkers if you're in remote than you do in person, and that's okay. Uh, we just need to find, you know, other ways to to connect with them. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And now, uh, looking ahead, how are you thinking about strategic and financial growth over the next three years or so? For sure, you know, focusing on tightening our belts. I think, you know, everybody uh, is doing that. And I, we always do it, but we do it in waves, right? We spend money and then we, you know, spend too much money and we tighten our belts again. But I think going forward for the next couple of years, at least, I think you're going to have to be, uh, you know, more frugal with where you're spending money. Uh, my, my boss, my CEO, Deb, always says you can't cut your way out of a deficit. And I completely agree with her, but we still need to make sure that, you know, the dollars that we are investing, you know, are invested in a way that we can grow out of whatever deficit or, you know, whatever hole we may be in. Um, we've been very fortunate. You know, we had a strategy early on just to spend the money we needed to spend to grow. And we were able to grow during the pandemic, which is, you know, in our area, pretty much unheard of. Uh, so, you know, we did it by focusing on community-focused uh, f- programs, like really going in the community, doing um, activities and outreach and opening medical offices, underserved communities, uh, and going into where people were instead of having them come to us, you know, kind of back to that, like, big monolithic uh, health system type of mentality. We needed to get away from that, and so that's what we've done. Um, you know, I think we also have really thought about shifting, you know, from this population health idea that we had for the last 10 years or so and focus a lot on group uh, and other, you know, smaller individual-based healthcare programs like going to employers and seeing, you know, can we take on uh, your, you know, your employee group to provide healthcare to them? Can we directly um, negotiate with the with the individual consumer uh, to, to have these 
um, you know, special programs. So, have, you know, you have to just think, um, you know, we were thinking very globally uh, and almost now you need to think a little bit smaller, you know, not on a case-by-case, one-by-one, patient-by-patient basis, but, you know, to try to find groups that you definitely um, can, um, you know, can hook and keep within your health system, but also provide them a unique experience and access to care maybe they wouldn't have had uh, any other way. Uh, and then for us, finally, it's it's really about being nimble. And, you know, we, we're very lucky because our you know, our health system is very flat. Our senior leadership is very flat. So when we come up with, you know, uh, an idea, you know, we can go from, from idea to business plan to contracting to implementation in weeks and, and not months. And, you know, I think that's one of the bigger problems with large health systems out there is they're so constrained by the decision-making process. It just takes too long. It just, you can't really, by the time you implement an idea, you know, that idea may be, you know, outdated. So, you know, I think really health systems need to focus on staying lean. That is really an interesting point. It makes a lot of sense in terms of figuring out how to move quickly and continue that innovation um, that occurred during the pandemic, Um, which brings me, I guess, to the last question I wanted to ask before we wrap up here. Where do you see some of the biggest opportunities for innovation in healthcare today? Oh, I'm a huge proponent of artificial intelligence and augmented reality. And I think those two things are super innovative. They have great names. They sound really important. You know, it's like when all these laser surgery things started, you know, 15, 20 years ago, it was a great name. And so people got super excited about having laser surgery. But really, you know, artificial intelligence and augmented reality really, I think, do have a place, uh, particularly on the AI side, when you look at uh, AI-enabled chatbots and, and care algorithms that really use computer algorithms to help treat, diagnose, and follow patients and do it in a way that's incredibly cost-effective, can be replicated, can be on-demand, and can take away some of the kind of lower-level things that a healthcare provider needs to do um, and let them focus on, you know, the higher things, the things that, you know, would be more to the top of their license. And from the augmented reality side, you know, I think this is really, even though we're just a few weeks, you know, or sorry, a few years into, you know, the use of AR in healthcare, you know, the limits are boundless. There's already a, a lot of uh, use in academic medicine as a teaching tool. Uh, you know, we're starting to see it in telemedicine and, uh, and you know, uh, surgical uh, support and training. Uh, I think we're going to see augmented reality really become you know, a standard uh, application or add-on to all the surgical equipments, all the surgical platforms that we use today is going to have some level of augmented reality in, in, in it, um, you know, in, in five, 10 years. So uh, it's, it's lots of fun. It's, you know, it, it really brings the experience to life, uh, but also it's a great teaching tool for our younger uh, physicians. So without a doubt, I'm very excited about that. Both sound fascinating. It seems like they'd really be great ways to continue to move healthcare forward in a more efficient and effective manner. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fantastic discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Great. Thanks for having me.